1: Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.
0: This episode of Beyond is brought to you by Forhims.com. F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation.
2: PlayStation. Beyond. Beyond! Oh my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hey! Oh, it works now! We did it! Uh, welcome, everybody, to a very live Beyond. If you can't tell it's live, that's why everything just went wrong very quickly. Uh, that's how live things work. We're gonna have a fun time here. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Max Scoville. I'm joined today by some good friends of mine, Alana Pierce. <laughs> Zach, the Whistler, Ryan, what's up, everybody's golf? Everybody's golf? And Jonathan Dornbush.
3: turned up the shirt. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now uh, we planned this whole thing. The idea was, like, normally, you know, when we do a, a regular sort of weekly show, we try to talk about news and current events and what's going on in the world of PlayStation. But uh, this is a live thing, so we weren't going to do that. But then a piece of news broke. It's not PlayStation news, exactly, (laughs) but it's something I think we all need to talk about. It has been announced that Jim Carrey is playing Dr. Robotnik in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie.
3: It's not a joke. It's real news. No, that's actually real news. Yeah, I that's just, really
4: I'm. Weird. That's like the weirdest. I didn't, I didn't bother to look at the run of show until just now, and uh, <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right there. It's
4: uh, bullet point number one, yeah. which l- lets you know that Max definitely put the show together. So
0: yeah, well yeah, true story. Um, no, so the angle we're going for here is I want to talk about like PlayStation memories. Uh, not yeah. so much like, hey, remember that time that The Last of Us was a game? Uh, <laughs> but more like, you know, we've, I, I swear to God, we've ranked the top ten like PS4 games like five times in a row the last time we've done live events. That's true. Um, yeah. No, I want to talk about like our moments with... <laughs> Who said do it again?
4: <laughs> 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 Fucking beat it. Get out of here. Um,
0: um, no, I want to talk about like our moments that we've had with with games and like Th- the weird special stuff, like the stuff that, you know, this, the strange moments that maybe they're like too personal, maybe it's an overshare, I don't know. Let's, let's you know, let's have a few beers and figure it out. Um, <laughs> but I want to I start things off. Um, Jonathan Dornbush. Hello. Just one,
3: really? Yeah, just one. There we go. Thank you.
4: Hey, no, uh, before that was a start, I, I just wanted to tell you that I really loved your God of War review. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. That was
3: yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I appreciate that. on that it's note, right. um,
0: since we're talking about like sort of the, the memories of PlayStation as yes. a whole, like who could forget like the PlayStation's first mascot, which yes. was that shirtless. Kingdom Hearts. B- that, yes.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, Crash Bandicoot.
3: Yes. That little lovable marsupial.
0: What kind of strange memories do you have of that orange thing?
3: I don't know if I mean, they're strange for a lot of reasons I can't go into here. Um, no, I have, a, like Crash is sort of foundational to my love of platforming in a lot of ways, but also what gaming means to me as like a communal thing. This is not going to be funny, and I'm sorry. Uh, this is more oh, about shit. how, yeah. Oh, we're just,
0: opening with this one. Yeah, so this is sorry
3: about that. Uh, no, just Crash was if leave it, you. Leave it to Jonathan to open on sentiment. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. I get the okay, buying out I just, of the way first.
0: I want you guys to know that uh, the bullet points it's, it's I have, you Do you want to read the bullet points here? Uh, For Jonathan, for Jonathan, what it says underneath Crash Bandicoot PS One, 1996, uh, Naughty Dog.
4: PlayStation's original mascot loves to spin, eat fruit, and have sex. (laughs) Number two, Is, is he a drunk? He wakes up on the beach with no shirt.
0: I figured like Jonathan would go in and delete that and write whatever <laughs> he was gonna write. But, <laughs> yeah. So this is should, how no, we planned this show. It should I was be
1: really said, like, it doesn't seem like something Jonathan would write. Yeah, I know. right? It's really it, strange. It should be said that that we were all supposed to write
4: in our like descriptions of our PlayStation memories and such. Uh, but turns out well, we just didn't do that. So Max uh, just went hog wild on yep. the old PlayStation memories. <laughs> so we've got a lot to share it's with you. Placeholder this text. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It's it's the uh, the uh, Beyond equivalent of TKTK but uh, Lauren Ibsen. They're memories but, yeah. you might not
3: know you had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, Crash for me, uh, playing on the PlayStation 1, I've written about this on the side a little bit, so you may have read it. Uh, playing Crash, Crash was my mom's favorite series of games, and so we would play them together. We'd pass the controller back and forth every life or every level, uh, and that was sort of one of the first times I really got into a game and really got into the idea of like, I can collect everything in this game, and it was really with encouragement from my mom, and she loved that series so much, she collected every single gem. When she would 100% the game, she would just delete the save and restart it for each of the three crashes. She was obsessed with them. Uh, Yeah, I can't really speak to why, but she loved them so much, and that really started gaming for me as a social thing, as a thing that I share with my friends, the thing that's important to me, on not just the level of I enjoy playing these, but they matter to me to the relationships I have. And so that happened all the time throughout PlayStation, not just with the Crash games, but I remember this is a very silly one. We'll get to more uh, licensed games later. But the Return of the King Lord of the Rings game I played back in the day. Yeah, pretty decent. I played that game. I showed it to my niece when she was like three or four years old. A monster? Yeah. I was like, kill some orcs. But she had never played a game before, and I just let her run around and fight a bunch of stuff in the game. And she didn't know what she was doing, but she was having a blast. And so... There have been all these moments for me with PlayStation throughout the years where I shared them. Uh, my cousin and I found a love of music playing Guitar Hero together on PS2. So it's just, Crash was sort of like the first time that ever happened for me, and I've continued to love gaming with friends, with coworkers ever since.
1: So I, um, I've i always, always played games with my mom, but she had a lot of trouble with jewel sticks. Like she has a yeah. lot of trouble moving a camera and moving at the same time. And I recently played um, Crash Insane Trilogy with my mom at a convention and she picked it up super quickly because she didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. And we were doing that same thing. This is just last year where we were yeah. swapping a controller and my mom was playing through Crash. And I think that's one of the best things about it is that it's it's very difficult in a way that you, if you're playing with someone you get really invested in the challenge that is Crash. Yeah. You're like, oh you can do it, oh you were so <laughs> close and you're supporting each other. But at the same time it's really easy for anyone to pick up. And I think that's kind of what makes Crash such a good PlayStation icon is the idea that it's wholly accessible but not so much so that it is a kid's game. Like. I think anyone who says the insane trilogy was easy is crazy. Like it was insane. It was very difficult. I think I think that's just such a lovable thing about Crash.
3: Yeah, there's a level of difficulty to it that if you want to explore and get every single gem and crystal and all the do all the death routes and everything, there's a lot in there. But if you're just someone who wants to play along and just try to get through it as an enjoyable sort of thing, you have that option too, which I love. So.
4: I think it's yeah. I think it's really interesting uh, and totally apropos that you chose Crash as your memory because Crash is so emblematic of PlayStation in general uh, and Crash is is a, kind of a dichotomous character right like the first game is sort of derided now but the trilogy itself is is held on these sort of lofty heights yeah. and you did our review for the Insane Trilogy last year how has crash aged and what does the the reskin like the remaster of that game what does that impact have on you and your memories of like those original games and playing with your mom
3: yeah so it was amazing when i played through the insane trilogy for the first time it felt like oh this is what i remember playing those games as like this is what my memory holds those games up to and obviously it looks so much better than those games do we have comparisons that our lovely producer barrett has made that show you just how different the games looked back then
4: barrett's so good
3: he's great yeah. <laughs> uh but The muscle memory kicked right back in, and it did bring me to a sort of emotional place having played those games so much with my mom where it was like this foundational thing for me where I had to like take a moment and I was like, oh, I remember going through the level this way, and oh, wow, I remember us getting stuck on that jump 30 times, and Mm. those sort of memories came back because I think there's such a repetitive nature to the challenge, not in a bad way, but it takes so much like timing and trying and failing to get those jumps correct. Uh, And so having that flood all the way back didn't make it any easier, but it did bring a lot of nostalgia back. Sure. Uh, But yeah, they hold up, I think, really well. But as you said, the first game, it was sort of like a proof of concept, and then they moved on. To yeah. learn better things.
1: And I I think was, we... <laughs> sorry, Vicarious Visions is adding a new level now. Yeah, it yeah, just which, came out today. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. It yeah. is. It's today. That that looks really, really cool. But also I I was talking to them at E3 and they said how much they were focusing on making sure it still felt like crash, but also they wanted to add a huge speed running aspect. So there was yeah. an extra level of challenge there. And it's based on levels that didn't make it and so it's still rooted in crash, but it's it's kind of an evolution of that series that it seems like people have taken to really, really well and I'm hoping we get a new crash. Yeah,
3: I mean I hope future tense is not a one off thing. And more of a hey, this is a proof of concept for what we can do further on from here. And would
0: you would the you want to see like Crash stick to that original formula? Or would you want to see like a Super Mario Odyssey with Crash, like
4: a like a gritty reboot of Crash?
0: Like Noir. Oh, but I
3: mean, yeah. <laughs> like Noah, it would have to be in the, the right crashed hands of us. Yeah, where he uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the polar bear dies in the first thirty minutes. Oh, Spoiler. Man. Uh, I know it's sad. It's a sad, serious game. Uh, no, I, I think keeping to that formula would be great. Like, I don't need Crash to go to these crazy different attempts. Like, as Activision got the license and they started making all these different games, some of them were okay, some of them were not as great. Uh, But that original trilogy, I think, is beloved for a reason. And If you can nail that challenge in that style, I still think there's an audience for it.
0: I want to talk a little bit about like Crash as sort of a, as a mascot for for PlayStation yeah. because like he was that dude when PlayStation first showed up, he was literally driving up in front of the Nintendo offices with a megaphone and being like, "Hey, you cowards, <laughs> make CD-ROM games." I,
4: think, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think Crash took a note out of the the Sonic textbook, right? Like. Crash so was edgy. sort of the end anti- Exactly. He like, took his shirt like, off. In the, in the way that Sonic was like such an early 90s, like, oh, I've got all this attitude. Like, Crash was the same to a lesser extent in the late 90s. And I think that really helped him define, like, not only himself, but the attitude of PlayStation as... as an entity in the early or in the late 90s
0: it's also i mean it's kind of strange though because we think of this as you know used to think of this as, as like a sony mascot and and sony did publish the first crash bandicoot games but then mm-hmm. uh yeah like vivendi picked it up or whatever it wound up with activision and now it's an activision property that is that shows up on playstation first right uh but it's weird to think like oh like this was the this was the root of naughty dogs games which are definitively like sony properties and like Crash led to like Jack and Daxter, which led to Uncharted, which led to Last of Us, and I think it's it's so cool to like look back at this awful orange animal. <laughs> with, with, no, he's he's not. He would not be allowed in a convenience store with how he's dressed. Uh, and then you look at the Last of Us, and you're like, oh wow, video games have grown up.
4: Yeah, it is it is sort of a a total mind f to think about like where Naughty Dog started, like, what they... I don't know how... Can I say? A, I um, yes, a mind fart. It? A mind fart? It's a mind fart. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's, it blows my mind to think that that Naughty Dog started with this sort of rudimentary platformer, and now they've created some of the most, like, cinematic and narratively driven and emotional games of our generation. One, so. yeah. well, yeah. it's great
3: you see the parallels. Obviously, they've stuck together for so long, but that and Spyro, and Spyro with Insomniac, and where we're seeing... Insomniac now, and also
1: where they've Very been. Very the serious. Spider Man's gonna be super gritty. Yeah,
3: just super dark. Yeah, but just post-apocalyptic. in terms of the evolution of their gameplay.
4: I heard the polar bear dies in the first third yeah. Yeah. of Spider Man. Yes. Yeah.
1: I'll stop
3: making serious points then. <laughs> That's oh no! I was joking.
4: We interrupt this program
0: to bring you a brief message from Hims, a new wellness brand for men. Here's a not-so-fun fact. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35, and by the time you start to notice hair loss, it's usually too late. It's generally easier to keep the hair that you have than to replace the hair that you've lost, so why not do something about it? 4 Hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and other stuff like that that might be embarrassing to deal with in person. Luckily with Hims, there's no waiting room, no awkward doctor's visits, and you can save plenty of time by just going to a wedding website. HIMSS connects you with real doctors and gives you medical grade solutions to treat hair loss and other possibly embarrassing problems. And this isn't snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements either, these are well known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. If this sounds like it would help you out, order now. Our listeners get a trial month of Hymns for just 5 bucks today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details, but this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. So just go to 4 slash beyond. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash beyond. Once again, that's 4 slash beyond. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving things on, uh, Alana, you have a v- very special memory of Final Fantasy VIII.
1: Which isn't even my favorite Final Fantasy. Oh, did Zach's very excited about Final, Final Fantasy Eight. 8 so. I,
4: I fucking love that you picked Final Fantasy Eight. No one ever picks Final yeah. Fantasy Eight. I, <laughs> I, love don't love I don't Final even fantasy pick Final, 8. Final <laughs>
1: Fantasy Eight. <laughs> it's, it's the first one of my Final favorites. So
4: like when I saw this on the list, I was just like, that is so awesome.
1: So my thing with. So I'm, I was born in 93, I started playing games on PC and then I went to Nintendo and PlayStation was this thing that growing up in the area I was in with my family not having a lot of money that I was like in my head was super idealized. I was like the kid next door has a PlayStation and I was always so excited about it and really like interested in whatever he was playing and so we were visiting this kid and he was playing through Final Fantasy 8 and I wasn't allowed to touch the controller. So I was allowed to watch him play Final Fantasy VIII. He would occasionally let me fight battles in the open world, but any story beat I was not allowed to do. I was very restricted from it, but I was sitting there so eagerly being like, oh, a different kind of video game, because growing up playing, well, I guess I played Age of Empires, and I played a bunch of different stuff, but it looked like nothing I had ever seen before. I hadn't seen Final Fantasy VII at that point in time. So it blew my mind as one of the first RPGs I'd encountered, aside from Ocarina of Time, that I was just like, whoa, video games are so much bigger than I thought that they would be. And I had this in my head for the longest time. It was like there was this, this, this game that this kid played, and the only word that I remember from it is seed. And I just <laughs> <laughs> just capital remembered S, that. Capital D. Seed, yeah. seed, seed, seed. And I, I, I found it, I think, maybe three years later at a rental store and bought it with, I think, my pocket money. Do you call it that in the US? Yes. Yeah. Pocket money. And I went and bought it for myself. <laughs> you don't? Are you lying to me? Yes. <laughs> what do you
4: call it, pocket money? Small, yes. portable so money. so I bought
1: it with money that my parents... <laughs> Do you mean coins? You don't say pocket money? <laughs> I, we totally said pocket you. money. Thank you. Yeah,
4: Who said pocket money? What?
3: Back on uh, good old Long Island, we said pocket money.
4: Long before. Island. Long Island.
1: All right. Yeah. Walking
4: around town money?
1: Anyway. Um. Paint your
4: wagon red money. <laughs>
1: So I bought Final Fantasy VIII, and I just remember like seeing the opening of that game, and yeah. and getting to actually experience the cutscenes and the depth of everything with Squall by myself, and and making the decisions of who's going to be in my party and what I was going to do with those weapons. It just like became this this thing that I was so attached to because it felt like something that I couldn't have for a really long time, and I felt like that with a lot of PlayStation games, especially PS1 games. It's just like this thing that I I, I looked up to for so long that I felt like I couldn't play, and when I could, it. it just completely changed the landscape of, of the games that I was going to play going forward, and then I went back and played Final Fantasy VII, and then I played Final Fantasy IX, which was my favorite.
4: Yeah, <laughs> that's fair.
1: But it just it just had such an impact on me because it felt like it was this, this secret that everyone was talking about that I wasn't allowed to
3: have. I had a similar gatekeeping experience with Final Fantasy VIII. Where no my, my friends brought it over to my house. It was the first Final Fantasy I'd ever seen. And they brought it to my house and we played the first like three or four hours in a day and I was like super into it. I'd never played anything like it in my mind. And I was like, this is amazing. But they said hell during it. Mm-hmm. And I was raised in like a very conservative household so I was very scared about that. <laughs> so my fr- I and my friends could tell how nervous I was about wanting this game but not being sure my parents would be okay with it. So my friend had to go to my dad and was like, uh, hello, Mr. Dormish, uh, Jonathan wants to also get this game, but there's a word they say in the game he's not sure if you'll be okay with, it. and he whispered in my dad's ear, like, "Hell."
1: <laughs> no. and, and my dad was like, no.
0: Rated T for And team. I wasn't allowed
3: to play it back then.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, that's an interesting point in that it feels like one of the first mature games that I played. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how old I was, but I feel like it was one of the first games that dealt with characters who weren't, Cartoony, and again I played Age of Empires so it's like I'm kind of just like rolling everything out but it it seemed like the first thing that I had played where there was a character like Squall who was exactly the kind of guy who would I would like go to his house and he'd be like you can't play my video game (laughs) like he's exactly that guy (laughs) it was just it was uh, I think the storytelling in that again like Ocarina of Time like blew my mind when I found an open world but but it was one of the first RPGs that I got really really invested in and yeah mature storytelling and and themes that I didn't realize video games even had at that point
0: now, thinking back to that, do you do you remember in your in your like broken human brain that that was a, the perfect graphics at the time? Like, do you remember that being <laughs> like, absolutely like that's oh, what yeah.
1: what Jonathan was saying before with Crash is that you have. When you see a remaster, you're like, yeah, this is exactly what this game always looked like, and then you see the old version, you're like, Ooh.
0: I mean, there's part of me that like thinking back to Final Fantasy VIII. I'm like, yeah, those were that was a live action game. Like, those were <laughs> real, those were real people in there because coming out of seven, which was like gorgeous on its own, we were like, that was you know very clearly stylized, and then eight came out, and you're like, oh
1: my god, yeah.
0: That's like a real fur coat.
4: You, so, can, you can see it.
1: I, I know that, that gun is definitely real. I know that totally
4: you're going to talk sense. about. Uh, you've got spoilers. Max is going to talk about his experience with demo discs, but um, that is spoilers. <laughs> uh, Nobody
0: was expecting sorry. demo discs.
4: Uh, the uh, <laughs> no one ever expects demo discs. Um, <laughs> Having played Final Fantasy VII over and over and over again over the course of like the years between seven VII and eight, when the Final Fantasy VIII demo disc showed up, I think it was with Brave Fencer Musashi was the first time that you could get it, right? Um, I, I had this group of friends that that we just played seven over and over and over again until we could figure out all the secrets and master all the materia and all this stuff, and. When that demo disc came out, we all sat and watched it together and that opening cutscene, th- like it blew us away. Like I remember very distinctly, like you were talking about thinking like video games will never look better than this. Like yeah. this is it. Like this is the pinnacle of realism in games because it was just so insane, like the the drama and the gravity of that that opening cutscene.
0: So I remember like a Fourth of July party at my best friend's house, uh, and he was just about to beat Final Fantasy. Six, I guess, whatever three or whatever it's called on Super Nintendo. Nobody knows. It, no, it's, it's impossible. A, it's a great to know. mystery. I always lose track of that. Um, but no, he 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 was about to beat it at, of course, the middle of a, a goddamn barbecue, and so like <laughs> every kid in the neighborhood was just gathered <laughs> into, the, into this into this room, and we're all like watching this ending. And like back then, it was like, dude, there's like a thirty minute ending. Yeah, and it's a Super Nintendo game, so you're, it's like a bunch of dudes sitting around being like watching like text scroll by, and then there's like a <laughs> particle effect kind of, and to be like, oh, like that's you know that's a Final Fantasy game, and then when Seven came along, that was like that was that changed everything like i remember like like hearing the beginning of a sony or like a playstation trailer on tv in the living room from the kitchen and like slipping on my living room floor to book it in there to like dive on the floor and watch a small clip of a Final Fantasy 7 cutscene. Yeah. Like that level of like that leap forward from like that you know the weird you know pixel art and Final Fantasy VI is very good but like <laughs> come on graphics everybody. Um, <laughs> but like that was that was incredible to see that and then it's kind of nuts that it, I feel bad for eight because it does get, get that kind of like that weird. Well
1: it, I mean so nine's is my favorite but obviously eight. Nine goes back to looking really cartoony, and I love that about it because it's like this cool fantasy game where you're with these heroes that seem like comic book characters who have tails, and it's like it's kind of ridiculous and and very. Um, I want to say it feels like a giant version of Disneyland almost. Mm-hmm. It's just so it's so sweet. Whereas eight, and you're totally right. Like it. it Felt more serious than the other two in the way that it looked and you're right like I feel like at that point in time I don't remember I was very young, but I feel like I would have just been like whoa It's never getting better. I
4: mean we we poured over screenshots in EGM, yeah. you know Like like we obsessed over this game for months when it was coming out And I remember Final Fantasy 8 launched on nine nine which is the same date that the Dreamcast launched And it was this with big, that price tag no less exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very expensive It was, it was, expensive. This, it was yeah. this big discussion like well, which one are you gonna get? Are you gonna go all in on the Dreamcast or are you gonna put your money on Final Fantasy 8 and we were definitely in the Final Fantasy VIII camp. And it's really interesting because Final Fantasy VII put JRPGs on the map in a way that, that no JRPG had done it before. So there was all these eyes and all this money focused on Final Fantasy VIII. And I think it's sort of critically derided, because like, how do you follow and act like Final Fantasy VII? But I personally think it's a better game and a better story. So
1: I think that Seven has so many fans because the impact it has is what people remember. And I think it's totally to its credit that it did that. You know, there are people in this office, I think Jared Petty's sitting over there. Which is your favorite? Six, right? Yeah.
4: Five. Oh, six? So I
1: think we had like, when we were trying to rank the Final Fantasy games, I think you were in that meeting. Oh yeah. It was intense. (laughs) There's been a
4: couple of those, like where you rank a game and, and it just gets, it like turns into these shouting matches.
1: And some of them are just like, you know what? I'll concede, but I disagree and I want you to know that I disagree, <laughs> but it's fine and, it, and someone sent an email after we'd done the Final Fantasy one It was like, hey guys, I couldn't be in this meeting, but here's why you're wrong about this yeah. <laughs> it's it like a really really it intense. was like
4: it was like a like a point-by-point breakdown. Yeah. like I completely disagree Yeah, so
1: if anyone's ever wondering how much effort actually goes into our list rankings. It's like enough that this is like it's yeah. pretty It's pretty great. The Zelda just, one was <laughs> it's
4: not just one person being like this is my ranking yeah. It's a, a full committee and a full argument yeah. So, yeah, it's
1: fun though, but a Final Fantasy one was really really hard because so many of them have so many different merits and yeah eight for me really was the fantasy of the, of the game that i had never seen before that i had never thought existed before and i was six when it came out so Jesus it was like Christ, it was like I'm huge old. deal to me and then i went and played seven. seven and and it was it was that same thing right Why seven was just like if if that had been my first, it would have been the same thing. It just yeah. changes every video game you play after that and shapes everything you ever see ever again. Is
4: there a moment from Eight that really like sticks out to you? Because I feel oh, like the opening final fantasy, it's totally yeah. the opening cutscene. Okay, scene. that was yeah. the
1: moment that I was just like, what is? this? I really
4: love the conflict between the two gardens where you have the. It's like a f- like. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the the. F- it's like a full FMV, but you control your, not FMV, but you control your character yeah. as he's like flying through squall, as he's flying through yeah. the battle it's sequence. It's something that
1: you never would have thought could happen. I, yeah. yeah,
4: like that, that whole game is filled with those moments where you're like I just I can't believe this is in a video game yeah yeah I Good feel like uh,
0: there's that thing about Mario Karts where it's like your first one is your is your your favorite you know? yeah like yeah. and I think it with Final Fantasy there's like there's some where it's like nobody's like I maybe somebody out there is like yeah 13 is my first Final Fantasy game I love it like no <laughs> 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 who's oh, saying I'm Who's Jonathan, Jonathan that was, me. Yeah, yeah, you, that was yeah. your favorite though no no, <laughs> no. okay well exactly <laughs> even you get it Yeah. no but like it's, it's I, 13 I
3: think it's, 3 it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Lightning's Once revenge. you get through the, the, the first <laughs> revenge, two games, it, revenge it picks. <laughs>
0: um, but no, it's like it's also kind of like Beatles albums. Like there's a stretch where they're just like you can't pick the best one. It's just it comes down to personal taste and I don't know. Do you like goofy spiky hair? Or do you like
1: I like the Realistic. idea of like if we had way more time and this was a very different show that we would just kind of like sort the Final Fantasy games into the D and D morality ranking. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> could just do that.
4: <laughs> Final Fantasy 8 is, is like, chaotic good. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's a that is a different conversation. <laughs> um, there's something we'll here you on. Uh, Zach spoiled my whole thing about demo discs.
4: I'm sorry, I didn't know that it was like that big a secret to you. I like, oh, apologize. F- people were
0: like, "Oh yeah, PlayStation so
4: memories."
1: I, I've heard a lot of people talk about demo discs. What is this? Oh
0: what?
4: Holy shit. Oh okay, okay.
0: So something you you said I wanna touch on. You said like I was we were poor and I didn't have a PlayStation. Like a PlayStation was an expensive thing when you were a kid. If you like it's an expensive thing now, like depending on what you do, like that's video games are a luxury and if we are able to play them, that's huge. I grew up poor. I had a single mother, it sucked. I wanted to play PlayStation all the time, and I eventually got a Playstation. But games cost money too, and then I was kind of like, "Oh, well, shit." So I played the shit out of demo discs. So yeah. I know what they
1: are, but how do you how do you get there? You
0: buy a magazine. Yeah, yep. they
4: came with.
1: Uh, yes, it was yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah, opm. Um, or you just would come up on them. Uh, weirdly enough, there is I think it's like archive.org has in-browser emulated demo discs. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Jesus. I was. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I booted one up. It doesn't run very well on a laptop. So in
1: Australia, we got free games in cereal boxes. Um, I didn't know that this wasn't a common thing until Corey, the director of God of War was tweeting about it. He was like, "Is this real?" It oh, was like, "Yeah, good yeah. pal." Uh, I didn't I had no idea, but yeah, we would like I I got Age of Empires in a cereal box. It was Are you like sure a is about
4: Age of Empires. I, yeah. I feel like
1: Can we talk about <laughs> Age of Empires? <laughs> You guys remember all those cheats? Those were good. Nah, yeah. no. Oh, no. uh, really? No. I never
4: played that game. I derailed yeah. your conversation. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: So you got you got full free it games in zero. It. We got like Chex quest. No, yeah.
1: we we got pots of pots of games.
0: So, so, okay, so I got, imagine you got, we got, got demo.
1: De- you got dishes. shareware. I
0: think is that maybe like shareware was like a piece of it. You'd get like the first episode of Doom, whatever yeah, that know. means. Yeah. You don't. It was the full it version. Was? Are You kidding me? I didn't know that. That sucks. We'd get like, you'd get. You're
1: right. Yes.
0: So, like, Demo does, you you'd get like a sampler. It was like, a, I don't know, you'd get like a bunch of little bits and pieces. It'd be like the first level of
3: Spyro, first level of Croc. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Tomba.
4: Like, I played the shit out of the Tomba demo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Tomba one is funny. Ape Escape 2. Like, one was, guy fucking stuff.
3: loves Tomba. Did
4: you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Shout out to Tomba. It is Tomba. Um, uh, Tony Hawk.
0: Tony Hawk was a big one. I want to talk about a different skateboarding game that nobody remembers, I don't
4: think. Oh, please say Thrasher.
0: It's Thrasher. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about Thrasher Skate and Destroy. Yes, dude. Which was the, it was a Rockstar published skating game. I have never played the full version of this game. (laughs) Why would you need to? We played a demo of it religiously because it was the most broken and psychedelic thing I've ever encountered. Um, This is a game, it's a skateboarding game, but the whole idea was because it was Rockstar published, they wanted to be much more edgy than Tony Hawk, which apparently was, I don't know, too vanilla or something. So it was like... The whole thing was you would have time to skate there was like a story mode and then the second you I think if you' like if your time ran out for skating or you did enough damage to yourself by falling off your board and it had like very violent ragdoll physics. Uh, a policeman would chase you for skateboarding in the, the quad or wherever the hell you were. And it would switch from like normal sort of skateboarding third-person view to the point of view of a policeman's taser chasing after you. <laughs> and you had this weird out-of-body experience where you'd have to skate away from the cop. And it would be, the whole soundtrack for this was like classic hip-hop. It was awesome. Was it um, before
1: or after Bully?
0: Uh, before Bully. Oh, this before. Was so prob- Bully. I, I yeah. imagine
1: some of Bully was inspired by it because that happens in Bully a bunch.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, that actually makes a ton of sense now. Um, but basically, it was like it was. Hey, here's the edgy version of skateboarding games. And uh, I
1: love that they like. Oh, this needs to be edgy. But around the same time, they came out with a table tennis game. <laughs> like, eh, I don't know. What, what are I you doing?
0: Know. That was the thing that
1: I don't. know. Table dr- tennis is an important sport. Kids play. It's yeah. also very edgy. Yeah. Yep. Known as being edgy. True. Yeah. So
0: the thing with Thrasher, though, this, this demo we had, I don't know. It, I think it came with like you know like PlayStation Magazine or whatever. But uh, we had it, and it was like if you if you landed a jump wrong, you would go into the ground. And you would fly through space and you could get like infinite points. And so we had a whole new metagame where it was like, you're not just a skateboarder, you are a skateboarder who can go into other dimensions. <laughs> like, like, and I'm like, maybe this is a skateboarder who's on mushrooms or something. I don't know the story here. And it, there was no logic. We, I mean, we, just, we were effectively like QA testing with nobody caring or watching. Like we were like, let's try to break this game. when We you know, hit a half pipe and go flipping up. And you wouldn't even be like the ground. You'd, go, you'd like touch a wall and then you'd be like, Ollying through this infinite void. <laughs> and you'd somehow still manage, like you'd be flying through nothingness, and you'd be like, Ugh! And then this cop hand would show up, and it would be chasing you through space. Hey, hey kids, stop! You're under arrest! Oh, and then I think if you like outskated him, he'd be like, "Oh, I'm having a heart attack!" because it was like, "Hey, get it! Yeah, screw you, cops!"
4: Oh, just some some kind of like awful, fucked up like uh, the skateboard fever dream. It I was think.
0: it was a bizarre like nightmare game. Yeah. Like, I mean, apparently it's a decent enough game. Like, it's got I think it got uh, I think IGN gave it like an eight point five out of ten, and they were like, "Yeah, it's like a grittier Tony Hawk." And I was like, "Okay." It was Who it? Was
1: that was that you, Fran?
0: Fran, did you review <laughs> Thrasher? He, he went, he went. Yeah. But no, it was like that's that's the thing about Disks though, is that like you didn't have like maybe you had a brand new game and you powered through it, and you played it, but if you didn't, then it was like, I don't know, you make the most of it. You, you screw around, you play like stupid little mini games. You play the first level of tomba a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think demo discs are really, they are like, they're wonderful. And it's, it's bizarre now to look at them because if you're, I don't know, if you're broke, there are free-to-play games. Yeah. And you can yeah. get a lot of mileage out of those without actually having to shell out money. And there's PlayStation Plus where you pay the price of one game a year and you get a bunch of free ones that maybe you want to play.
1: I mean, a lot of my favorite gaming memories as a kid um are- because my family didn't have a lot of money in a way that like every game someone else was playing I was like what is this and I played a lot of games that I had gotten from rental stores Like we just rented them for a small period of time And I play them and they'd often have someone else's save on them And I think that's that's the thing that I kind of miss in a way that I would Sort of learn something about someone else based on what the name was that was attached to their save file and the things that they had done and the choices that they had made and that's like a thing that we just kind of don't get. Who is this ass? (laughs) (laughs) What does he
0: care about? It
1: was it was it was really sweet and and you could also just like jump around people's video games and it's also one of my worst memories ever is someone deleted my save file on Mario Tennis 64 Mm. Um, and I was on the final tennis match? I don't know yep. what how you quantify that. I was very upset about it. But it's it's kind of like a, a thing that we don't have anymore is that ability to sort of investigate what someone else had done via their save file.
0: Or I think that's, so, that's the root of some of what got people in like Let's Plays or streams and stuff is like you're it's still that that sense of being like on the couch or this is almost like kind of like voyeuristic aspect to it of like oh how does somebody else approach this problem yeah. but you know, in other days, like video games are like very—they're—they're like, they're very strange little personal experiences where you you borrow into this other world and you are suddenly an orange Bandicoot with no shirt.
4: We well, I, I think, well. like, demo discs were such a specific time and a place, too, right? Like, that doesn't exist now. It, the idea of an actual demo has only recently been kind of brought back to the limelight. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a long time, we just didn't have demos of games. But I, I like, not unlike you, I remember getting demo discs in PSM or, or OPM and playing through them and just being completely enamored in the idea that you could play an hour of one game and decide whether or not you wanted to investigate it further. Or if it was good enough, like you just play the same thing over and over again if you were bored. Like, yeah, or it was yeah. terribly yeah.
0: broken, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> sure.
3: I, m- I miss that aspect of demos so much because I have bought and had so many amazing experiences because of a demo, whether it was a disc or I rented a game from Blockbuster for a week, but something of that nature of, like, Bioshock's one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. I, n- I wasn't gonna play that game, it's a good game. Uh, I wasn't gonna play that game until I played the demo and I was hooked immediately and had to go buy the full game. And there were so many games before that that I played on demo discs. That's how I experienced Tony Hawk for the first time. All those games, and it's sort of like... You a should play thing. Thrasher, it's better. Thrasher? <laughs> <laughs> Got an 8.5, um, it should be great.
0: No, there is a there's definitely, a, I I want to say, like the best demo disc, which is Metal Gear Solid 2.
4: Metal Gear Solid 2
0: is good. I, I argue yeah. that the demo disc for Metal Gear Solid 2 is like a top five Metal Gear game. So uh, well, it's
4: just like, a, it's, just, it's just a riddle wrapped <laughs> in a conundrum. It's like. just
1: ground zeros. Yeah, that's but, true uh, too. But it's, what? do you get the start of the game with the demo disc? So it was like a weird kind of, it wasn't even
0: the full tanker mission, but it came with Zone of the Enders and everyone's like, Zone mm-hmm. the, uh, Hideo Kojima's making a game about robots and Mars. Or, uh, that's cool. And then we're like, it comes with the first part of Metal Gear Solid 2 and everyone's like, get to the store! We <laughs> need to get this right now. And uh, at this point, I had a PlayStation 1, but I didn't have a PS2. So my best friend, uh, had his piece, PS2, and we spent the entire summer of 2001 just just doing the worst things in that tanker. Like it was like, oh, uh, you've got a tranquilizer gun, that you can shoot smiley faces into guards' faces, or you know, you can shoot their radio off and they can't call their friends. So you just chase them around and torture. Them. It was we were 14 or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like that whole that weird little microcosm of that of that tanker mission is phenomenal. It's it's amazing, and it's I don't know, it, it's I love Metal Gear Solid 2. I think it's great. I still think the tanker mission is like it holds a more special place in my heart because we spent we were forced to spend more time in that like enclosed area.
1: Is anyway, it, like is that not kind of like maybe what they were trying to do with Ground Zeroes? I think it's totally what it's they were like trying to do. It's like they're yeah. like, let's give you a sandbox, and I played through Ground Zeroes like six times, and it's yeah. like, let's give you that, and you just do whatever you want with it, it and then you'll get the, you the full mechanics. game. Yeah. No,
0: I mean, I think there were definitely some fair comparisons. There. there was also a demo for the first Metal Gear Solid, which was like just up to the like up until you get in the tank hangar, which was the same deal where it's like here's. Here are all the bits and pieces of, the, of how you play these games. Right. Uh, speaking of Metal Gear Solid 1, uh-huh. Zach, do you want to talk about... Actually, why don't you read some of these uh, bullet, bullet points here?
4: <laughs> Going back to the bullet points. So My PlayStation memory is about the original Metal Gear Solid. Um, Max, thank you. Uh, Max wrote some notes here. Uh, he said, uh, I love the parts where the dogs pissed on me and I fell in love with them because I reeked of piss. <laughs> True. Also, if you run into the bathroom fast enough, Meryl isn't wearing pants. And I'll I'll start this story by saying, my name is Zach Ryan, and I'm a tactical espionage pervert. If
0: you're at all confused, those are things that you can do in that
4: game. That's yes. true. Yeah. Uh, so the original Metal Gear Solid is a very, very special game to me. I think it, it's sort of the pinnacle of uh, the PlayStation 1. Um, and for me personally, it was a game that taught me that games can be so much more than just a video game. And uh, the way that it all kind of started was that I, I had a buddy in high school or in middle school. He had uh, He had Metal Gear Solid, and for months he brought the uh, instruction manual to class and I would just read through the instruction manual over and over again and I did chores until I could afford to buy my own copy. Uh, And when I finally did... What's that? With pocket money? Uh, With (laughs) pocket money, yeah. Actually, I I, I messed up. I didn't actually buy my own copy until later because first I had to convince my parents to let me rent it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I rented Metal Gear Solid and I started playing it one night, the night that, that I brought it home from the rental store. And I played it for a couple hours and I realized... Holy shit! I can't do anything until I finish this game, and it dawned on me, like it gave me the idea at 12 years old that I I needed to skip school to finish this game, and when you're 12 years old and you're a square like me and you do everything by the book, um, the idea of skipping school, lying about skipping school, was this Herculean task that I had never actually like considered before. So I I, I thought about like what would Solid Snake do here, and I came up with a plan. <laughs> So my plan was WWE. I had you to got fake, a ketchup bottle I had to fake <laughs> sick better than anybody has ever faked sick before so the next morning, after I had decided that I needed to play this game, uh, I woke up and I my, my parents' house has two restrooms and I went into the, like the, the spare restroom and just did this for like 15 minutes <laughs> 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 like just. Faked like I was puking until my mom came and was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, ah, "I think I'm really sick. I, I think I gotta lay down." And so I went back into my room where I just f- like just feverishly <laughs> rubbed my forehead, just just trying to convince anyone that I had a temperature. And she came in and she like felt my head. And she was like, "Yeah, hey, you." you kind of feel
2: hot, I don't know.
4: <laughs> I was like, oh, I've, de- I've done it. I've convinced m- the parents that I'm sick. Um, she's like, it seems like maybe you should stay home from school today. I was like, fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> I got shit I gotta do, lady. Sounds like uh So... <laughs> so, mom leaves to go to work. My dad, my dad s- started work super early when I was a kid. Like 5 a.m. he was at work. So, I had a 12, uh, 13-inch TV VHS combo in my room that I played all my games on, but that would not do for Metal Gear Solid. I needed the full experience of the 37-inch tube TV in the living room, so I disconnected all my shit. I took it out to the living room. I hooked it up, and I was just fucking playing Metal Gear like it was going out of style. Just so into it. And what I didn't know was that my dad occasionally came home for lunch. So it's like 11.45 in the morning and I'm playing Metal Gear in my underpants and my dad just walks in and I was like, what? Nothing. What? (laughs) Everything is fine. And he's like, yo, did, did you fake sick to play a video game? And as a 12-year-old kid, I couldn't lie to him. I like, Yeah, I did. And he goes, Well, okay, you you've rented this game. Give it back to me. I'm gonna run it by Blockbuster on my way back to work. Like, you can't play this game anymore. To which I just lost my shit. And I was like, please, Dad, you can't play this game. You don't understand. I've broken into the military base and I tried to break the woman out of I tried to break the woman out of jail and they tortured me. And I think she's dead, and I have to save her. If I don't save her, I ran into a sniper in the woods. He gave me The legitimate like Homer Simpson into the bush like backup, like where he's just like Yeah, okay man, do whatever you gotta do. <laughs> and allowed me to finish Metal Gear Solid before he took it back to Blockbuster. And to me, like finishing that game, seeing the cast list, like getting through to the end of it was such an eye opening experience because it was like, for the first time ever, I felt like, oh, this is the future of video games. Like, this is the first time that I've seen something that is really more than just a game. Like, you know? Yes, I really Final fucking love that. 8. Game. Who yeah. That? <laughs> <laughs> I really fucking love that game. To this day, I think it's still one of the best games ever made.
0: No, totally. Yeah. That was that was like my kind of my first like I mean, I love video games. They were they were they were cool, but there wasn't like that like what is is this the next thing? Is this where stuff's going? Is this the future? Um I got kicked out of the computer lab at Summer Camp because I kept going on IGN.com and watching yeah. the Metal Gear Solid 2 trailer. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Shala has
0: descended. Yeah, no, it was great. It, it took pretty- forever to load it up on like
4: it's like a postage size uh, like video. Yeah, yeah, it was like a, yeah, two forty p. Time quick player. time. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. No, that was that was not great. Um, yeah, Metal Gear Solid One is. A fucking, who's your favorite boss?
4: Oh man, uh, <sighs> Revolver Ocelot is not without his charms. Like the first revolver fight, I think my favorite boss is uh, uh, Sniper Wolf in the Snowfield. Uh, that cutscene at the end when you defeat Sniper Wolf and she talks about her past and the snake just shoots her in the head at the end of it was something that I, that, that was a moment for me that it was just like, I fucking can't believe this is a video game. Like this is so absolutely insane that I'm watching and playing through this story in a, a video game. Like, it's, a, it's, yeah.
0: it's a lot. It's, it's pretty intense and you can get the foxes to the, the wolves to piss all over you. Yeah, they sure <laughs> do. Yeah. <laughs> with you.
4: I, I spent the whole summer beating that game over and over again and just reeking of wolf piss. <laughs> so nice. yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump out. I think. Uh, who do we have next? Barrett is Barrett up next? Young Barrett. Woo! Let's welcome Barrett Courtney. All right, ladies and gentlemen.
0: If you don't know Barrett Courtney, he is frequently behind the scenes running the studio for Beyond, but he's Beyond. 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 There it is. Hello there. Hey, Barrett.
1: Hi. Hey how Barrett. you doing?
0: How you doing? I'm, I'm all right. What did you What did you prepare for us yeah, today? Yeah, I just what?
1: saw your pick, and I just want to say <laughs> unexpected. Yep. Really, did not is it really it. unexpected? I, I like Barrett. It. I know it's a for good guy.
5: loving Donkey Kong 64. Who loves Donkey, Donkey Kong 64 here?
1: <laughs> it would be really funny if you were like, "That's what I'm talking about." <laughs> uh,
5: so, are you really surprised after loving that trash, like me bringing in? Also, we've played these at his oh. desk. Yeah, we did. So, my segment is uh, PS2 licensed games, and so I, I grew up uh, really like middle school, early mid 2000s, and. So I grew up with the PS2. That was my first PlayStation console, and you know we didn't get all the fancy like we didn't get Shadow of the Colossus or anything because I, I was a dumb kid from the Midwest. So you were a kid. Yeah, I was. I was a kid. So I loved the things that I knew, which were games like Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup. Woo! Yes.
1: I played. I played a lot of that game. It's and, great. Okay. So, Barrett and I had, like, bonded about this game. Um, I don't know why I played it, but we bonded <laughs> about it recently, and then he decided to play it in the office, and we were like, oh, no. Yeah, it does
3: not
5: hold up. Jonathan and I played a match against each other, and let me tell you, that game is uh, not not great.
1: It's a lot of just stealing from each other. Yeah. And
5: yeah, it's, and it's mind-blowing when you you think about it, like, you go through, like, the rose-scented glasses, and you go back, and you're like, man, there are so many great mechanics, and, like, you know, there are so many different things you had to focus on. It's like, now nah, you're just focusing hey. on the clothes. There two buttons.
0: Yeah. Friendly yeah. reminder: Quidditch is a terrible sport, and J.K. Rowling is a game Tom designer. Whoa, Tom Marks, I think uh, is
5: not
3: going to be happy
0: no, about that.
5: I, I think I have the authority to fire you, so get out. That's don't. true. That's how that works. <laughs> You already turned off my mic. What else do you want? <laughs> that wasn't my fault. Maybe I don't know. Um, so, so yeah, just going through the general era of PS2 license games. The other one that I love is uh, Tony Hawk's Underground.
1: Hell yeah! Uh,
5: which was, thank you was the first one I owned. I, I played like uh, Pro Skater 3 and 4 at friend's house, and then Thug had come out, and I was like, mom, please, get me this game. She's like, all right. Um, and so I played that. Probably, It's probably still, to this day, one of my most played games of all time. I probably have at least 100 hours in that game, just going back and doing all the different levels and just just playing around with friends. That was like I remember
1: g- having to explain to my parents with Thug and Thug Two that it wasn't a <laughs> game about being a thug. thug, and to be like, no, it's it's, it's Tony Hawk's skate. It's it's just a skateboarding game. Yeah. And I took it my sister and I had to like convince my parents actively that it wasn't going to be us beating people up. And then there's totally cutscenes where that happens. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know.
5: Uh, yeah, it was the. It's the perfect like. When you're having friends over for a sleepover and you just want to play a game like the entire night, that was like the game to play of like, what's the highest combo we can get and stuff like that, and making the goofiest characters. I remember, I think it was Iron Man who was like the guest character on Thug specifically. Thinking
3: and Thug, yeah. It,
5: it was Iron Man and one of the members of Kiss, because Kiss Ooh, had a yes, specific James secret Simmons- level their- of, yeah. in the first Tony Hawk's un- Underground, which is very weird. <laughs> um, had nothing to do with the story and the lore, and I was very confused as a middle school child. Uh, the uh, next yes. one I have
1: story and lore of fuck.
5: I... <laughs> Quick question:
0: How did how did a member of Kiss showing up in a Tony Hawk game make you feel as a as a twelve year old?
5: Very confused. I remember <laughs> just being uncomfortable as hell about Kiss. Yeah, I was kind of uncomfortable. Right? Like, well, I, I, it, it was 70s, like this band, and there was no one at the concert. It was just a concert just for oh you. Oh my you god! I just around. remember
3: that in my yeah, head. Yeah, right it was I super had that weird. Like, oh
5: god, there, it that was, was just you it. skating around. There was no one in Kisses just playing. You're like, all right, I guess. Like, uh, I guess I'll just skate around while they played.
1: Do you think Kiss paid them all the Yes, the way around? Like, who paid who? Kiss? That in that yeah. Get to Kiss the bottom of this. I want, yeah, I want
5: y'all to go down deep into the internet and find this. Or novel.
3: Tony Hawk's just a big fan of like Ben. Maybe.
5: Is there yeah, one maybe. single? Maybe. It's a deep <laughs> cut for Kiss. Yeah. Uh, the next one I have is a classic, yeah. which is, you know, like I, I have my story with, uh, with my mom didn't really know much about games. But she knew Grand Theft Auto. And she knew I was not allowed to play Grand Theft Auto. So yeah, middle school, early, or like late elementary school, no. But I was able to convince her on Simpsons Hit and Run. <laughs> Because she loves Simpsons. That was like her show, and that's like the show that she got me into. So she was like, okay, it's like a dumb Simpsons version of it. Like, okay. And then I'm running around as Bart hitting everybody and uh, hitting the Bumblebee Man and all that stuff. And they're doing really weird stuff with uh, Mr. Burns is like investigating and spying on people. It was a really weird story.
3: I would take a remake of it, though, in a heartbeat.
1: Well, when that (laughs) game came out, it's one of the first games I remember being hyped up. Like, sure, I played Thug, and I played Quidditch and I remember like being like this is cool, but I remember like that was one of the first games aside from Final Fantasy That I, I remember kids at school being like "Yo, have you played hit and run? It's like GTA, but there's donuts and everyone yeah. was just kind of losing their minds like it, it was people loved that game
5: it, And I played it I was able to borrow my best friend's GameCube a few years back When I was living down in San Jose and he had hit and run and I got to play hit and run for the first time I guess and like 13 years and it was like there's some aspects definitely that don't hold up just because it's the PS2 GameCube Xbox era but it was still like man this this is definitely a gem for this generation so we were lucky to get it because uh, you know the other Simpsons games like Road Rage were not great we don't talk, about those. We don't we don't talk about those games
0: there've been a lot of really bad Simpsons games yeah yeah, oh, yeah they, i think that's is that is that the best one yes. hidden run with oh, yeah. that yeah, yeah. right
2: yeah.
5: what about what about tapped out uh, get out! No, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't have the patience to even talk about it. Uh, and then the the next game, really quick, before we get to the main like big one that I really love—the
1: one that's surprising to me—yes, um,
5: <laughs> is Star Wars Battlefront Two, the original, yeah. the original one. And I think to this day that is probably the game that I put the most hours into, at least. 300, 350 hours into, just because of going, like, they had the cool mode where, I think it was Conquest, where it was almost like chess, where it was, like, you against, like, whatever your enemy was, if you were, like, the uh, the Republic, it would be the Separatists on the other end, and you'd go, like, uh, you'd choose a planet, and then you'd do, like, a whole battle, and then whatever came of that would own that planet, and there was, like, not just the story mode, but there's this whole, like, really cool... Mode to it that I that I invested so so much time in, but yeah, the original Star Wars Battlefront 2, pretty great, and not a lot of microtransactions. In
1: fact, I just want to point out before you move on that Max is written on the doc here. Um, instead of Thug, he wrote. I Tommy think, Honk I think should read it too.
5: So so Max put down in the notes of uh, of, of my games. Uh, Baird is 12. Uh, he loves Harvey Popper and Tommy Honk Prostate 2. You didn't read the first one. I didn't read the first one, because now we're going to transition oh. into the, the main one, which is SpongeBob Battle, SpongeBob SquarePants, yeah! Battle for Bikini Bottom. <laughs> which Max wrote here as Spongers Squaresoft. Yeah. Everybody loves Spongers Squaresoft. Yes, it's, yes. My,
1: it's my favorite Squaresoft <laughs> game.
5: So I really love SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, that was like That came out when I was like four or five years old. And that was actually like... That was something that was brought into my life because of my dad. Because my dad was in early or late high school when Ren, Ren and Stimpy was a thing, mm. so a lot of that really weird, grotesque humor that a lot of early SpongeBob had, he was super into. So you know, he'd go into the back yard and come back smelling funny. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'd watch Spongebob Squarepants for a half hour on Saturday mornings when it only aired for Saturday mornings. My
1: favorite thing about Spongebob, like seeing it as an adult, is those cut-ins that they have where their faces are
5: disgusting. Yeah, yeah. There's like snot
1: everywhere and they're covered in pimples and you're like, I just thought he was a sponge. I
5: didn't know he had those. And so Battle for Bikini Bottom is legit the best Spongebob Squarepants game to this date. Because, you know, there's not a lot of great ones, to be honest. Uh, But that one was legit a... really solid 3d platformer and looking back at it like i didn't know developers and paying attention to the quality of THQ back then Uh, and so it's weird to go back and see the people who were working on the game they came out with a pretty solid game that had a a lot of like Crash Bandicoot influence where you have these tiki heads that were sort of like the the boxes that you'd have to smash. Yeah for
3: our Aku Aku.
5: Yeah and there's even like the red ones where you have to jump on top and they'd count down and whatnot and if you hit it like it would explode immediately and all that stuff and it was a really fun solid 3D platformer and yeah it's, it's goofy and I love it and there's a really dumb goose in there and yeah. your health bar was underpants <laughs> licensed games weren't
3: always the most original in like their gameplay mechanics Absolutely. but when they were really solid i remember playing that i uh, my cousins had Battle for Bikini Bottom, and so I never owned it, but it was that sort of thing where I would be like, hey, when are we going to see the cousins again, because I really want to play it. Like, <laughs> it was at a time where my parents were like, you have enough games, we're not going to buy any. I'm like, are we having dinner again at Thomas's? Like, yeah, we got to go, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved playing that
5: game. And it, it's sad, because you know a lot of these games like we can sort of Pick up on Steam or something, and I did a lot of investigative work today specifically for Battle for Bikini Bottom because we have a library of like a bunch of old school games of PS2. I did
1: investigative work. You would just look <laughs> up a game you like.
5: <laughs> uh, like, we have our sort of library of like old school games, did and you? I swear I go in there every other day to look for Battle for Bikini Bottom, and we don't have it. We have the other three on the PS2, which have are Have I ever told buried. you
1: the definition of insanity? <laughs> Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was worried that you, I, I messaged Barrett at like 9.30 this morning, and I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to need you to capture an entire playthrough of Battle for Bikini Bottom. We need it for B-roll. I can't find any good clips online. <laughs>
5: yeah. and I'm glad uh, you do that
0: every day, I guess. That's crazy, but yeah. whatever.
5: And uh, I, I looked up, because I was like, okay, maybe, maybe we can bring it into the office. Maybe I'll just order it on Amazon. And right now, the Amazon pricing for the PS2 version of SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for the Bikini Bottom is $80. Yeah. GameCube, $100, and then Xbox, like, 40 It was very weird. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know why that's so, less rare. I might have some
0: insight onto this. Um, uh, Mark Medina, who had to actually take off early, unfortunately, but who helped organize this whole thing, uh, yes. informed me that that is a huge game for speedrunners. Yeah, like, yeah. It is in the top ten speedrunning titles. Which is
5: very weird. Is it the only <laughs> licensed game on there? I, don't, I, I looked problem. at the list and I was too out of it to really, really pay attention. That's, I've been out of it for the last week, so. No, I mean I think it's D
1: three.
3: <laughs> You'd used all your investigative resources.
5: Yeah, I, I yeah. used all the, the brain, brain power, which is not a lot. It's really yeah, like five right. minutes worth of brain power. One and, research, and then and you then went it. to the Game's
0: Library to look for a Bikini Bottom and yeah. just to make sure it wasn't underneath <laughs> something. Um, I mean, I went to the Xbox section. I went everywhere
5: to find <laughs> this game. I went Yeah, I know. So
1: I have not played this or any other SpongeBob games. What are they? What are the others like?
5: I have. I remember playing the movie, the the movie, uh, the game for the movie, uh, and it was like a very like constricting, uh, narrow platformer, sort of like not akin to the very first three Crash Bandicoots, but yeah. it's kind of like that, where it's very constricting. But the thing that made Battle for Bikini Bottom special is because they were so open, you could sort of do whatever you wanted, and the controls were very like. They felt like a Crash Bandicoot game almost. I I know that's, it's just the one game I played recently yesterday when we were playing that new level that I was like, this is what I know right now. Um,
1: What was the battle about? What are they battling? Who's battling? So the story and the 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 lore of SpongeBob
5: SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom is uh, Plankton, you know, he's up to his business, and he's trying to get the secret (laughs) formula for the the Krabby Patty. And he decides to make an army of robots to accomplish that somehow. And at the very beginning, I think it's like the first cutscene, he's got like a, a switch that says like the robots work for me or they work against everybody, and it somehow gets switched to the other thing, and then the robots just go insane and attack everybody. So like Plankton's in trouble and everybody's in trouble. And then there's like the big boss fights for every sort of world. There are like three worlds and then levels for each one. And at the end of one, there are like the big robot versions of SpongeBob, Patrick. Ow. And plankton, yeah, it was really weird. I don't know how they organized and they're like coordinated that well. Of like, hey, we know these characters somehow, and we're gonna create huge models of them in our, our robot forms. So inspired
1: yeah. by Evan Gillian, I see. Yes. What?
5: <laughs>
0: I I love that you just gave a synopsis of a, a SpongeBob PS2 game to a <laughs> room
5: full of people. Thank you all. It's very on for
2: you
5: Um. All right, well, I think that's enough of my nonsense. I, b- I believe we have someone else coming on, uh, which is uh, Casey DeFritis, who will be yeah. talking about <laughs> some games. Barrett, thank you very much.
4: Okay, Barrett. Barrett. Can you
6: give me... <laughs> oh. Hi, Casey. Welcome. Hello. I hope I didn't hit that table too hard. No. <laughs> Again,
1: <laughs> hey everyone. I'm Max Govea. I like Hawaiian shirts and Casey DeFritis. Oh, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know Casey, she works on our wikis team. And if any of you do know Casey, I think that you're gonna be able to guess exactly what she's going to be talking about. Who can guess? You guys oh, nailed it. Yeah.
6: So I didn't play a whole lot of online games. The first game I played online was Monster Hunter for the PS2 in 2005, a little bit after it came out. And it was back when we had DSL. <laughs> I like your microphone.
0: Thanks.
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> it's funny because this exact thing happened at the PlayStation press conference
1: this year. We're just, we're just following suit from Sony.
0: I, yeah. It's
1: fine. <laughs> it happens
6: on live shows.
0: Tell us about the Monster Hunter, Casey. All right.
1: <laughs> so
6: it was my first online game and being kicked
0: off the middle. Oh,
6: no. no. Oh, it's not working.
0: Do you want to oh, use this one? You got it. Talk? Oh. I don't have you anything got to it, say right it. now. It's so. fine. And Honestly, I don't need a microphone. You're talking about Monster Hunter. Go nuts.
6: <laughs> I, I like the, no, the idea that you have two
1: minutes. microphones for Monster Hunter.
6: Um, if any of you have played Monster Hunter, some of the fights could take 30, 40 minutes long, and getting materials was really difficult and time-consuming, so getting kicked from an online battle was terrible and awful, and I hated it. And back then, if you answered the phone while on an <laughs> online game... <laughs> You would get kicked. You would get kicked from the game if anyone answered the phone while you're playing. So I would wait for my parents to go to bed at 10, and then take one of the mobile phones and just hold it in my lap while I played to immediately cancel the phone call to make sure that my parents didn't answer the phone, and then stay up until 4 in the morning so I could play Monster Hunter because that was the only time I could play that would guarantee (laughs) my parents not kicking me off the internet.
0: (laughs) Kids today have it too easy. You don't (laughs) have
6: to worry about that. You don't have to hide all the phones from your parents, which I also tried and got yelled at for.
3: (laughs) Did you ever have to deal with late night calls that accidentally happened?
6: Yes. Oh my gosh. It was the, I would always get mad. It's like, why would you answer the phone? It's like, why are you awake at two in the morning, Casey? It's like, (laughs) I had monsters to hunt. So
1: when you were a kid, were you playing games online with people that you like went to school with? Who were you
6: playing with? So I was playing with my very good friend back then, and a bunch of friends that we had made online. Okay. So they we would go to the same it was a maze of rooms back then of servers and you would have to go to a world and then go to a room well, it's and then go back. Still not that simple. So <laughs> yeah. But um so we would go to the same place every day. So I would go to a room and then all of the people I had I knew online would also go to that room. So we kind of had a continuous group that we'd always play with and always expect to be online. And it was really awesome. I would have my keyboard and I would have my PS2 controller and they didn't have character limits back then because there was no voice chat. <laughs> so you would type and talk to these random people and they would teach you how to headlock and it was I, great.
0: I was so. going to like ask about that because that was a that was a necessary peripheral for that. Like I was actually there was I was reading the it's really really weird to read old IGN reviews for stuff that now is sort of commonplace, but they're like, yeah, if you want to get anywhere in Monster Hunter, you're going to have to get the a keyboard. keyboard.
6: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, like, did you have to like convince your parents to get you a keyboard, or did you just?
6: No, I just went. I think I was, um, I was 14 at the time. I already went to GameStop and just kind of. I, I really didn't actually buy a lot of games. I just borrowed a lot of them from my friends, and very rarely I would like a game so much that I would ask for my parents to buy it for me. Monster Hunter was one of those games, so when I asked for it, they just did it, and I had. I actually asked for a keyboard as well, and we found one like pre-owned at GameStop for like fifteen dollars. so.
0: What like I I am just this was two thousand four, I guess, or thereabouts. Uh,
6: yeah, I was playing. For me specifically, it was summer two thousand five.
0: Okay, so yeah, like what like the internet wasn't there yet. Like what yeah, like no. what was that like? I don't know. I, I just I'm curious about the sort of social element there. You guys were in Man. the same the same area, hanging out, doing getting big pieces of meat from those.
6: Dinosaurs. No, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. You that's know, it. The end. The um. <laughs> Yeah no we never we never actually talked we just typed the whole time and we would sometimes actually talk about our real lives and became friends online and i wonder if those people are watching this now and be like is that Zeneru? Is that <laughs> They're in I'm this Zeneru. room
3: right?
0: Now. <laughs> so you're like a you're like a hardcore monster hunter fan like to this day you still are very much into that did you have a dip in in your like fandom or your your, your playtime because it's a
6: yeah so actually another internet challenge uh, I couldn't play Monster Hunter when I was in college because my the internet the way it was set up I could not connect to it with my Wii so while I lived in the dorms I couldn't play Monster Hunter and I just it's one of those games I don't like playing by myself too much so I only put in like sixty hours onto the Monster Hunter try because oh uh, only sixty huh I know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Light on content. <laughs> Basically,
1: a casual. Mm-hmm. But I think that's an interesting question to to get a little tangential. What were the first games you guys played online? Yeah. Halo Two. That's a good one.
3: Sorry, it's not PlayStation, but yeah, Halo <laughs> Two was like the thing I played after school every day for two years with
1: friends. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't. Wanna, I don't want to say.
1: What?
6: What? Can't Why say not? That Max? And then not
1: say Maple what? Story? Oh come on! <laughs> like, everyone played Maple
6: Story. Max. Very good. Very good.
1: I think mine was Battlefield 1942 or Battlefield Vietnam, but I also played like a ton of RuneScape and that's some of like my memories RuneScape. No, I
6: played RuneScape too. Yeah. Thank you, I, pl- thank I would you. play RuneScape in my middle school's library. So no did
1: I! I would play RuneScape. We also played play Counter-Strike. Play like my oh. library oh, wow. in, in middle school
6: had Counter-Strike on all the computers. That's a fancy library. Why? I got
3: Neopets.
6: Yes, uh, Neo Also played a lot that of that. Neopets, yeah. That was elementary school.
3: Yeah, I played through till a long time later.
6: Oh man, I, I went to summer camp. And now camp. they're all dead, Jonathan. I know. And now all of your pets are dead. You don't have to make me think about it. All <laughs> well, those Nintendogs out there. I made my mom feed my Neopets when I went to summer camp. <laughs> and she did. She fed my Neopets. She was a very good mom. Good.
0: How yeah. good were your grades? Like what? Like, what?
6: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> they, were, they were very good.
3: Apparently,
0: yeah. They were so
6: good that the first time I got a C on a report, I got grounded.
3: <laughs> I had a very similar thing happen when I got a B on a, oh on a no. report card. My parents basically took away my games for like a week.
6: Oh
1: my god, They gosh. were very upset, yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that my parents did that I really value is uh, basically video games my reward for finishing homework. And that's the thing that I've spoken to other parents about. Like sometimes parents will come up to you at PAX's and be like, hey, my kid plays games. I'm just here because they're here. I don't really know what I'm doing. And... My, my parents always were like, Well, if you finish your homework in time, you can play video games. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like such a good reward system in there that that yeah. par- parents can kind of pass on to their kids. It's yeah. like, don't use it as a punishment to take them away, use it as a reward to give them a video game. And it, yeah. it super pays off. And there's so many headlines right now about Fortnite. Yeah. So yeah. many are like, Children are playing too much of Fortnite and it's violent. And it's like, Oh, wait, no, but it's not. It's actually super cartoony. Oh, but we're mad. Yeah. They're playing too much.
6: See, I had, I had rules. As long as I continued going to school and doing well, they were very hands off. They were cool. So you unless, up unless till I was messing up, they pretended not to know that I was staying up until four in the morning. You could have been doing drugs, Casey. <laughs> all right? I could have, but they knew I was hunting monsters. It's way better. Yeah. Okay. It seems like you're doing people a service. Someone's <laughs> gonna
1: get rid of them. Well, most of them just peacefully exist. It's fine, it's, it's whatever. Monster like Hunter a, like really a, messes me up.
0: I got in like a real big fight with my mom in high school. Cause she caught me on the computer, at like not doing anything bad, just dicking around on LiveJournal, like getting in fights with people on the internet at like four in the morning, and she's like, "What are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I'm fighting with people on LiveJournal. This is my life, mom." And she's like, "This is this is unacceptable." And i was like, "I could be out doing drugs," and she's like,
2: "Right? Can't you? Can
0: you go do that? Like, do you, do you know anybody? Like, <laughs> get out there."
3: The only time I ever got yelled at, this is very tangential, for uh, staying up late for doing a thing was never for games, but it was because I was reading Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Too late. Yeah, I just wanted to do that for Barrett. I was reading so late that the light was pouring into my parents' bedroom, they and came they came in and very you were like, upset. "You fucking nuts!" Yeah, they beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> then they stuffed me into a locker that I had in my yeah. room. It was really embarrassing. Oh, no.
0: yeah. Dude, okay, so one of my best friends, he got he similar thing. He got caught staying up way too late, like playing games. His dad walks in, it's it's dawn, and he's playing Counter Strike. His dad's like. What do you go to? What's wrong with you? Go to go to bed, you, you idiot! And he he starts to leave, and he turns around, and he's like, what are you playing anyway? And he goes, Half Life, Counter Strike, and his dad kind of looks at him, and goes, Half Life, more like no life. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: also not a PlayStation game, but the one time that I got. Grounded. I got a world record in Project Gotham Racing. I was grounded for a full <laughs> oh. week. And I was like, "All right, let's fucking do this." And I got. A, I had. I had the world record for a full month on the test track of Project Gotham Racing Three. Wow. It was. It was a good week.
3: My. Uh, my mom told me she would never. She never was mad at me for staying up late playing video games too much because when she was young her dad got so obsessed playing Tetris on the original Nintendo, that she would walk downstairs because he would be playing the music so loud late at night. Like, <laughs> he would be playing at like 2 a.m. and she'd be like, Dad, I need to go to bed. Because he was playing Tetris, so she's like, I, I won't follow you.
1: It's funny how much your family can kind of influence some of your gaming memories. Like, when I finished Assassin's Creed 2, which I still maintain is like one of the best endings in any video game. It's that part where it's like, who is Desmond? And you're yeah. like, oh my god. Yep. My mom came to talk to me about, I don't know, some school related thing. And I was just like, shut up shut up, please, can we talk about this later? Oh my god, and you can't, at that point in video games you couldn't reload a checkpoint, like I didn't have the option to replay that point from the beginning of that chapter, so I just missed a whole chunk of that, it was devastating. Uh, Back to Monster Hunter. Um, (laughs) All right, I'm gonna actually ask you a question here. You're, You're the biggest Monster Hunter fan that I know. For anyone in this room who's never played Monster Hunter, why should they play it?
6: Man. Um, Monster, Hunter. <laughs> um, Monster Hunter is one of those games that I got really into because of the community. I had a friend who literally walked me through how to play and what to do and how to play it efficiently so I didn't have a bad time with it. And then when I got online and wanted to get more advanced and do better, I had other people who also wanted to take me under their wing and teach me things. And that kind of experience of community really kept me coming back And it's one of those games that is so rewarding. Like, things, it's hard. It's a hard game. But once you figure out what you're doing and learn the monster's movements and learn your weapon and do well, it feels amazing. Especially when you get to do that and accomplish something with these friends that you've made and who you feel like you've been able to conquer something with them. And that's something very few games have done given to me. And I really appreciate that it relies more on the player skill and not the character leveling up. Leveling up. Sure. Yeah. Would
0: you say that it's like it's challenging kind of across the board? Like I feel like a lot of games mm-hmm. are the combat and like the puzzles are challenging. But in the case of Monster Hunter, it's also just like how to yeah be good, like how to know what you're doing, like to yeah. actually learn how to you do you things. Have to be prepared don't
1: yeah. Like the yeah. way you, you, know, have, like to you learn. have to think about things before you do. That. Yes.
6: Yeah. Monster Hunter World has streamlined that incredibly. They've given you so many quality of life improvements. Like Before, you would have to remember to equip the right armor and the right weapon and the right items. Like If you didn't bring a cool drink with you in the volcano, you would then slowly die because it was hot. Um, (laughs) But in Monster Hunter World, you can just go to your tent and get those items. So it's not nearly as punishing. Any of you need tips for Monster Hunter World, check out IGN wikis. Yeah, please do. And- <laughs> Casey
1: was here until like eleven p.m. A lot working on those wikis to the extent that we were like, "Casey, go home. Why are you still here?" I'm we like, the, the video, monsters. And- I need to hunt them. Somebody
0: has to cut big meats out of their legs. True. Yeah. You know? Someone has I gotta to. I got to make it.
1: armor. Thank you. You're yeah. the real MVP.
0: Uh, uh, Casey, I, we're gonna yeah. swap you out for someone else yeah. who makes guides. Miranda. Who is Miranda oh. Sanchez.
6: Yay. Woo! Keep clapping.
7: <laughs> Huge mistake. So I was supposed to bring a statue up here with me that I got at Beyond Three Hundred. You forgot the statue. Oh. So
0: we're never gonna solve the puzzle to escape.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're we're doomed. Sorry, y'all. Is this, this Resident Evil? <laughs> is that what's happening right no, now? So, uh, for those of you who don't know, that I was a fan at Beyond 300 and later got hired here at IGN, which is yeah. very exciting. Um, succeeding Andrew Goldfarb being a fan at Beyond 200, Preston I believe. Piece. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And so, uh, just He's carrying just on mud. that tradition. And so, I won a Twisted Metal statue at Beyond 300. And I have it on my desk, still. I just I just kept it. I don't like Twisted Metal, really. I, I don't like clowns <laughs> that much. <laughs> so, but no, I no. just kept it because of the sentiment. For, for
0: context, Miranda, you're like... I, I watched a documentary on Sanrio the other day, and they were describing like exactly what kawaii is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's Miranda. I understand it now. Yeah. I didn't know you had a Twisted Metal thing on your desk. How many Pikachus are on top of that?
7: Uh, it's actually nestled between some of my angry Pikachus, so I also like ca- collecting when they look really feisty. And so like, specifically those Pikachu, it's between those.
0: Did you want the Twisted Metal statue?
7: I have to keep it. It's like an obligation yeah. at this point. It's a point. curse. <laughs> yeah. That too. Uh,
0: so we brought you up here to talk about your memories of twisted something. metal. Twisted metal. Tell us about your oh, favorite man, twisted have metal some great game. Great stories. <laughs> do, do you like it when the the clown's head is on fire and he k-
1: kills the people with his truck? That's
7: my favorite part. <laughs> How did you know? But you do have
1: a very beloved series that you're going to be talking about.
3: <coughs> yes, you Jonathan, can talk about it too, that Jonathan,
1: Jonathan. Okay. Often <laughs> <intentional>? <laughs> Just Anyone got any guesses? Kind of. Jonathan coughed, "Spyro the Dragon." <laughs> it's Neopets. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk They're about Neopets. point at all of you. It's Kingdom Hearts. <laughs>
7: I am disappointed that I missed the Neopets conversation. We're not talking about oh, Neopets can, anymore. No, we can it's go talk back. about
1: Kingdom Hearts. So I, 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 I formed, uh, There was like a like a URL link that you could change, and you could get free jelly every. Day. Alana. Yeah. So I started this jelly we're ta- store. We're about the- where I was getting this jelly, and I was oh, wow. selling it to make money off of everyone else on Neopets. I don't oh. care if you were selling and at one point. Someone slime on the real internet world money. Stop. It? A- did you get that? Did you take how much did you get? It was like twenty bucks. Uh- <laughs> it was pretty rad. Remember getting that omelet? Remember paintbrushes? Super okay.
0: All right. This is not. This okay, is. People are literally leaving. I can. <laughs> so now he's just got a camera. Is, Never mind. This is
7: still related to the PlayStation console. PlayStation. On the PS Two in two thousand and five, Neopets: The Darkest Fairy came out for.
6: Why are we so, talking so about? Okay, so there is a Neopets
7: <laughs> game for PlayStation. Wow. So I was like, was oh, it PS Two or PS Three? And I'm like, oh, it still counts. Well, what, I did want to. What talk. was that game? The Darkest Fairy. What was it? It was a Neopets game.
1: <laughs> like like what did you
7: do in it? Uh you took on the Darkest Fairy? Do you know
1: <laughs> Do you know how anyway. hard it
0: is to get me to say, can we talk about Kingdom Hearts?
7: <laughs> I I've it,
3: always buddy. wanted to hear you
1: say those words. <laughs> this guy didn't have the rainbow brush my right? <laughs> uh,
7: <laughs> I mean, getting the land map is hard, but you know. <laughs> it's fine. Kingdom Hearts.
3: So, I have just here in my notes... Yeah. Yes. It all began up. with Sora on the Destiny Islands.
1: You, can you still do... Uh, you made a, a video for us one time where you just gave the Where this. I explain... Just, the, I did can, that have any cuts in it?
3: Uh, not when I spoke. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. So, so, the so Jonathan managed to, like, explain it. literally the entirety of Kingdom Hearts, seemingly without a script. I went into a
3: fever dream. No, there was no script. It was incredible. Thank you.
1: And, and people in the, the comments like, wow, he actually knows Kingdom Hearts. I it's
3: don't incredible. remember recording it. But
0: it
1: was well,
7: bad. it happened.
0: Miranda, tell us about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> All right, so
7: it's my turn to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Sorry, Jonathan. Please it's okay. be quiet. No no, no, no. I actually was really excited that I got to bring it up, because it's something I like to share with you, too, because you are such a knowledgeable fan. And I know a lot about Kingdom Hearts, but not nearly as much as you. Um, so my memory, specifically, is what got me into the PlayStation family. When I was in elementary school, in fourth grade, I really, really wanted to play a Final Fantasy game. But I only had, at that time, um, my my parents were really big on Nintendo systems, so we only had those. um, And then eventually went on to get an Xbox, and it was great. But I was like, but I want to play Final Fantasy. And I was very scared because there were so many Final Fantasy games I did not know how to get in. And then all of a sudden, Kingdom Hearts show up. And I was like, excuse me? It has Disney and Final Fantasy? And looks like a new thing that I could get into? Um, so fourth grader me said, I need a PlayStation 2. So at our fourth grade school festival, we had an auction and someone had Kingdom Hearts and a PlayStation 2 on the auction. And then I was just like, I need to win this. <laughs> but I'm a fourth grader with no money. And so I just jotted down the highest number I could. <laughs> How? And then I won. You committed fraud? When? <laughs> Miranda!
0: Did so, you do school auction fraud with your parents like did you force your parents to buy you this just by like
7: so I won it and
0: you stole it
7: no I actually <laughs> had the money for it because I had a birthday just pass but I was so scared because it was a lot of money that I turned it down and then the next person got it but then oh. that summer I still bought myself a ps2 because I saved up all my allowance and I worked really hard and I said mom dad I want a ps2 and so thank you my fourth grade me got that PS2 and played Kingdom Hearts, and I think that was it. <laughs> so does that mean that's
1: your first the, the first PlayStation game that you had bought yourself? Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
7: Yeah. And, and, so and
1: what was it like like waiting for that moment to save up for it and, and to get the console and then to finally actually be able to play it?
7: Well, just like a lot of excitement and determination, of course, because at that point, when you were in the fourth grade, buying a console was a lot of money. <laughs> Um, yeah
1: dude, that's good finance yeah I
7: think uh, how did I, I think I just bought it like used or somehow like, my parents of course helped a little bit um, and I think that just the reward of like buying it your first console is just like such a powerful experience, right and of course, it's for a game that I've just so desperately wanted to play and then of course I played through all of it and cried and watched the cutscene for simple and clean forever just just would have it on while I was doing homework oh, yeah. and just be really happy. And then sometimes at work now, like now that we have New Kingdom Hearts stuff happening, like I just put on a playlist, I'm just like, oh.
3: Yeah, it's, I did that too with that game when I, I got it for Christmas with uh, PS2 was the first game I played. Uh, my whole family was downstairs, like getting ready for dinner, doing all that stuff. I brought the PS2 up to my room, plugged it into the TV, started the game up, watched the opening cutscene scene was simple and clean and was like so floored and my mind was blown that I just hit reset let it play again, reset, and I did that like 20 times before yeah. I actually even started the game.
1: I, I was one of those people who, um, I, and I would say the same as you, where I was like, I'm not the biggest Kingdom Hearts fan, but that's because like I'm not writing fanfic and like creating like, weird <laughs> sexual yeah, I odd played of characters. Every but I like game those
3: games. What I do in my yeah. free time is my decision, <laughs>
1: I'm not kink shaming, it's fine. But I, uh, <laughs> When I like first encountered free video editing software, I edited a uh, series of Kingdom Hearts cutscenes to a Fallout Boy song. Oh my Yay. god. Aww. Speaking yeah. to all
3: of my interests, which song?
1: I don't remember, and I don't know if I still have that video. Like, I kind of want to see if I, I do. Really but that's the first that, time yeah. that I ever remember doing video editing at all. <laughs> um, and now I've done uh, video editing for IGN.com, so that's where you have to start, everyone. Uh, with Fallout, come a board. long way. Yes, with Fallout Boy. Yes, and it's it's. I'm sure it'd be really gross, but it was like it, probably bad. The thing about Kingdom Hearts is that it's incredibly pleasant while also being incredibly heartfelt. And I think that a lot of games I had played prior to that tended to be gritty and dark and serious or very, very heartfelt, or very, very upbeat. And I feel like Kingdom Hearts does a really good job of making you care about the characters and of presenting some themes that are kind of serious and characters that are going through some stuff while also still being really, really happy and fun. And I think that's a very difficult balance to strike that that one and two, I think, did beautifully. I haven't played all the other, the 10 of the other ones that they have. (laughs) Um, But I'm sure those are great too.
7: Yeah, and so that's the thing is like, while you're playing this game, it takes so long to get through, especially for me about a young age, become your friends and I thought, like, Donald was great because he's just a duck. But I didn't really care about him that much because he's a bitter duck. And then <laughs> when we when when he was my mage, though, I was like, now you're a great duck. Yeah. And then <laughs> Goofy, I like Goofy because uh, the Goofy movie and Goofy had his own stuff going on. So he was already good in my book. And then I just felt closer to them, and, of course, Sora. and. Riku and Kyrie, and it's just
3: yeah. I grew up in a very Disney household, so the thing that made me want to get the game was they had advertisements for it on the Disney Channel, like in between episodes yeah. of shows, and they were like showing you bits of gameplay, and it was like, oh, you're swinging through the vines with Tarzan, and then Simba appears, and I was like, this is the most amazing game of all time. It was just, like, <laughs> just that was what I was raised on, so I needed this yeah. game. I didn't know Final Fantasy at all, but jumping into that and being able to explore what felt like. Familiar friends in a brand new setting was, I think, what hooked me so. And
1: early I, on. I still feel that way about three, right? Yeah. Like even now, I, I'm an adult, and I'm still like, well, I get to hang out with these Disney characters. Yeah, there's, there's, there's Toy Story in here.
3: Get I to hang get to, out like, with Woody out and Buzz. The,
1: yeah. That's the best thing ever. And I think that like a, a lot of people who like Disney to have it in a in a video game that isn't a mobile game that isn't free to play that isn't just like trying to monetize itself aggressively i think that 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 is why people are going to play kingdom hearts 3 as well and i'm kind of excited about the fact that it's finally hopefully coming out please don't get delayed that the idea that there are all these people who've never played kingdom hearts before that will still get into it because disney is still such a big brand and
7: it's exciting so another game i did play on playstation 2 was this disney party game and there's like Mickey and Minnie and all the core characters, so there is another game. Just think about other Disney games out there. They also
1: have that. Impacted. Oh, here. You want me to tie this uh,
0: back? is that
7: PS4 Magic Mickey game?
0: Uh, I mean, there's ooh, other uh, Disney so games that are fun, but Mickey with the, with Mania. The book? Okay. Mickey Mania oh. for the the Super Nintendo Entertainment System was directed by David Jaffe, who later went on to be Twisted Metal.
7: <laughs> he did. We're getting deep here, all right? I'm gonna look it so, up. So,
0: like, I, I don't know. I, that's that's. I, I, so here's the thing. I. I don't like Kingdom Hearts. It makes me it. I feel weird about it. I hey, don't understand it. Okay. No, it's yeah. not because people on Twitter are mad at me, and I don't hey, know how to react that
2: to it.
7: You a can of, also not like things, things, and that's okay because it doesn't mean it's any less important. That's true. People. No, but
0: yeah. I, I wish I, I wish I did like it because like there's a lot of stuff yeah. in there that I do like, but it's it's almost like too many things. to, Like okay. Obviously, I like pineapples. I have weird taste in things. I'm, I think pineapples are the king of fruits. They have little crowns and everything. I don't like them on pizza. I don't think that's okay. It's, it's, a, de- it's a divisive stance. It's a, it's a is divisive it, stance. Who in is this
1: is. room, is, put your hand up if you are pro-pineapple on don't, pizza. Don't, we, we. All right, put your hands up if you are against. Wow, it's, that's actually like right. a super
0: it's, easy Yeah, it's yeah it's no, I know right. it's the wow. it's the Bush Gore election. Wow. It's, but a, it's like a wreck. The, <laughs> the
7: middle ground of like you don't really care, but you'll eat if it's in front of you. That's me. Like I'm not gonna order. no it, no, I'll I will take it. that shit. Yeah,
0: so I, I don't, I don't know. It's like, I don't really if it's like really good pineapple. Wait, anyway, the point is, I, I I made a I made a tweet a, a while ago as a joke, and I was like, Kingdom Hearts is like pineapple on pizza, mixing two great things together. And if you like it, you're wrong and bad.
1: <laughs> and how did I, that go?
0: I learned very quickly. Did you
1: follow it up by saying that you did? hate Sonic?
0: I did that in a separate tweet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I learned very
7: quickly. Did you open the show with Sonic
0: Kingdom? Yeah, I think I think Sonic's fine. He likes to run. He hates that Eggman. It's he fun. goes Whatever. pretty fast. Um, I'm He's not got like. It. I'm like a weird kind of fairweather Disney fan. Like there's a handful yeah. of Disney movies I really like and then for the most part I'm like oh, yeah, it's, it's fine, you know? And with, with Square stuff I'm like oh, they, they, like, yeah, it's awesome. And I remember when Kingdom Hearts came out I was like this would be great if you didn't have all that Disney stuff in there. <laughs> Cause I was, like, I was like, I don't know, like I was like give me, like show me a new Final Fantasy game with this, with this stuff, you right. know? Uh, and it, it felt like it, it was like almost like a distraction and clearly that was an appeal to a lot of people. And I remember right. at that point too, if you were, if you were into like Japanese stuff, you were like, weeaboo wasn't a word yet.
2: That wasn't. It
0: still isn't. Um, you were like, a, you were an anime fan. That was like, oh, you gotta, you gotta like fight to defend yourself. You gotta like, you gotta really go after the the, the stuff you're into and, and stick to it. And then for them to be like, oh, it's a it's a new Final Fantasy game, and Donald Duck is in it. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what is? Where did this come from? And clearly, that didn't scare off a lot of people, and that was their stepping stone into getting into that. And I appreciate that. But it's also, it's one of those things that I'm never gonna really fully grasp. So.
1: What year did the first Kingdom Hearts come out? uh, 2002.
3: 2002. I think, yeah, for me it was very much like it hit me at just the right time. I
1: think same for me. Yeah, yeah, we're all around the same same age and I think that's a big five. factor of it too yeah right? we're all
3: around 35 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah like getting out of childhood where i was raised on disney but also wanted something like a little older at that point so there was this mix of like the final fantasy characters and i had had that one experience with eight where i was like oh that's a mature series and then knowing how much i like disney <laughs> like the combination of those two struck me so much and then i didn't realize until retrospect later that the theme of friendship that it Pushes so much in that game, and obviously Disney does in so many of its movies, is that like anime. when Sora has that line of like, "My friends are my power." Like, yeah. that's what matters to me. And like, my family has always been my friends throughout my life. This got real sappy. Sorry. No. Uh, like that stuck with me so much, especially after One and Two came out, and I realized, oh, that's why this stuck with me. It hit me just at that right time.
7: Right. I mean, like that friendship theme is like so prevalent in a lot of Disney movies and kids movies, and especially like with anime geared toward younger kids. Yeah. Um, just because that is a powerful thing to learn early on, right? Because friends are really important. Yeah. Okay, no, the thing about I don't what know. I've seen in you guys. <laughs> I, oh. that's I like that, that we The bo- hottest thing about this being my lost this No. Do you want
0: to do, do this? Do you want to cry now? Or you wanna, no,
1: no. Why not cry? No, it's No, no it's fine. No, no, Kingdom Hearts is not making me cry right <laughs> now. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I mean, Jonathan, you opened this up saying that video games are a thing that bring people together, and clearly, looking around this room, yes, they are. Uh, And, I mean, you know, we don't always agree on which games are best or which should have Kingdom Donald Hearts. Duck in them, uh, but <laughs> <Kingdom> Hearts, <also laughs> if King. he shows up in Metal Gear, I'm, I'm all on board. It's going to be
3: great. Yeah. Finally, we'll have something um, in common for him.
0: But, no, I mean, that's that's the magic of them. They're, it's a wonderful kind of, it's a it's a, a, a medium that, that wraps people up and draws them in, and then you go and you turn to the person next to you and you go, holy shit, did you see what just happened? Or let me tell you about the thing that I did. And and you, you bond with people, and that's awesome. And it's so cool to see a room full of people who are all here gathered around because they love video games. So thank you all so much for coming by uh, and for hanging out with us. Uh, we're gonna open things up for a Q&A in a, section, in a, in a second, but uh, this is the end of the recorded section, so. Uh, yeah, thank you to everybody who was up here. Uh, Jonathan, Alana, uh, Miranda, Zachary, Barrett, Casey, David, Stephen, Robert.
1: Yeah. He's just making up names. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah, I guess I don't know. Beyond, that's it. Beyond, beyond, beyond. beyond. There we go. Beyond.
1: <laughs> the power's going to your head. <laughs>